0: This is Crow Inquisitors, and we are back with another behind-the-scenes look at a character in the game. Unfortunately, it is just me today. I uh, couldn't find a time or, you know, just schedules. Just didn't work out to have Trevor on for the podcast. He hasn't done role-playing game stuff with us uh, in a while, and so um, don't have, like, regular contact. And and so it just didn't end up happening uh, to uh, to be able to have him on to talk about Sergio. But I am here to just talk briefly about who Sergio was as a character and just some thoughts about him in the same vein as we've been doing for the behind-the-scenes stuff on this so far. Uh, so, so, as I mentioned on, I believe it was the last episode, episode five of Chrome Inquisitors, I, I had a little blurb about why Trevor joined the campaign. Uh, but just to you know reiterate that for for people who maybe missed it or need a refresher, uh, so our friend Trevor... Uh, we. Had done lots of role playing game campaigns with him in the past, uh, but when we started Crow Inquisitors, uh, he was gone on an internship, he was in Texas, and so didn't have as much time, uh, wasn't really as involved uh, with the stuff that we were doing at that time, and so when he came back from the internship uh, and you know, found that we were in the middle of this campaign, he he was interested in, the, in, in joining, and of course I was interested in him joining as well because we'd had a lot of fun in the past doing fun uh, uh, campaigns of various sorts. If you've listened to Idle Inspiration, he was in Savage Tide, our original D&D 3.5 campaign that ran for eight years. Um, and, uh, and so uh, we had him on. We had him uh, make a character and jump in. And as you have probably guessed or noticed uh, from the last episode, uh, his name is Sergio Ton, which means he's related to Alphonse and Delon. So he is, uh, he's an uncle of of alphonse and Delon. and uh there's there's obviously some kind of th- reasons in the background for why his character wasn't involved in this before and as we continue with the campaign especially when we get into season two you'll learn a lot more about sergio as a character and what is just up with him and why he is the way that he is um and, and what his relationship in the ton family is like how he interacts with the other members of the ton family what his place and role is in the family and in the religious hierarchy Uh, And so we'll learn that more about that in the future. But um, so obviously, right, we had Trevor come on kind of late into into the uh, into the campaign into season specifically. And so there will be a little bit of bumpiness as we get introduced to Sergio, find out who he is. Uh, He doesn't do a whole lot in season one. He obviously does stuff and he's there and his uh, impact on season one is felt like he he does things that are that change the other characters and, and the way they interact with things. Uh, But he really doesn't come into his own stride until Season 2. And I'm I'm really excited to get to Season 2 because of that. Some of the stuff that Sergio does in Season 2, some of the arcs that he's involved in, uh, are some of my favorite role-playing game moments of all time, uh, still to this day. Uh, So, let's talk about Sergio for a little bit, shall we? So, Sergio Tan is a partner. He is a monk. He has a lot of just interesting skills and traits and other things going on with his character. And so we're going to, as we've done with the other characters in these behind the scenes looks, we're going to just get a little bit of a um, a dive into more of like the, you know, under the hood stuff with uh, with these characters. Um, so Sergio Tan, his uh, not beliefs, his um, his life paths are born noble, itinerant monk, partner, strider and thinker. Uh, so just going through those one at a time, right? So he's born noble, just like all the other um members of the uh, the church in uh, what's it called, Saron, the the nobility and the church are really tied together, right? Um, they're almost interchangeable, but not quite right. You can be a noble and not be part of the church, or you can be part of the church and not a noble. Um, But the, the, all the people who are like on the high end of the church hierarchy are all nobles. Um, You you really can't be uh, a really important person in the church without also having been a noble and to some extent still being a noble. There's a lot of uh, kind of what's the word I'm looking for. A lot of overlap uh, in those two social categories in the setting. So he's born noble. He was an itinerant monk for a while. So he spent a lot of time uh, wandering around uh, being a monk, uh, begging for 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 money, doing various religious rites and and whatnot. And he's a partner. So a partner in this setting is someone who can forgive sins, right? So they are given uh, special coins called indulgences that can be uh, given to a, a person who has done some sort of grievous sin or, or needs forgiveness in some way or, or another. And if, if the partner thinks that they are properly... Um, properly penitent they can offer them an indulgence um i'm sure that in this setting and i don't know if we got into it too much especially in season one um like the corruption of that right like i'm sure there's people who buy indulgences from partners that's definitely a thing in any corrupt church and and this was certainly a corrupt church i mean it's in the tagline of the show right Uh, the church of saran is a corrupt church and so uh, that is obviously the case, but in theory, what happens is a partner sees someone who is properly penitent, and if they think that they are like worthy of basically just being instantly forgiven and without having to go through all of the like rites and rituals that a normal person would have to go through to be properly forgiven of of sins, uh, they can offer uh, a, an indulgence, a, a special coin that can instantly forgive people of sins. And so uh Cirque was a compassionate guy. Uh he he has kind of taken that philosophy to heart of he searches out for the dregs of society and tries to redeem them. Uh and then something happened. Um he went on a pilgrimage to Teko to the Teconi archipelago and he didn't come back for a while. And there are some details on that that aren't going to come Into play until season two. And so I don't want to spoil things necessarily. Um, His character is a bit of a mystery at this point in the game. Um, And and this is honestly one of the reasons that uh, I didn't do a short story for him. Uh, If you've noticed, um, I didn't do a, I've been doing that for every character, except for I guess I haven't done Alphonse and then I haven't done Sergio. I, I like having a short story from their viewpoint. And that's because there are things in season two that get revealed about them and the things they were doing in the past that aren't quite. Uh, in the open yet, uh, and so uh, I've I've neglected or not neglected. I've uh, opted to not write those stories yet, and instead uh, you got a uh, a fun poetry piece um, this week. But uh, never fear, Sergio's backstory will become more clear in time. There's a lot of interesting th- stuff going on with his character, but as you may be able to guess, just from his life path here, right? He has uh, the Strider life path, which means he was in the wilderness for five years, and then he was a thinker, which means you were you know out in an isolated place thinking about stuff for 15 years so he was, he's been gone for 20 years um and he has recently returned to saran and then been given the task by the inquisitors to go join up with uh the crown inquisitors this this inquisition and keep them in line um and uh, the de- again, the details of all of that will become more clear as we play and as we learn more about Sergio. So I've gone through and I will actually go through some of uh, Sergio's um, more esoteric abilities uh, in the next session of Chromequisitors, the next episode. Uh, I have mentioned just, you know, his weird skills, so I, w- I won't go through all of that again. But suffice it to say, he's a very interesting character with a lot of different uh, interesting skill sets uh, to be um, to be explored. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, one of his instincts is I always have food on hand to share with others, right? He's, he's, he always has a snack to, to give someone else, which is just a fun thing about his character. Uh, right. He has the the trait loner. He has the normal, like cultural traits. He has second sight marker privilege, partner and tonsured. Um, right. He is the brother of Elon Ton, who is, uh, Tanner Ton. I don't know how you pronounce that. Honestly, I've we've probably done it both ways in this campaign. Uh, but yeah, he's his brother. He's the brother of the Pope. Uh, and there's some interesting things there that we'll be exploring later. Um, but yeah, I mean that's kind of like the the main stuff you need to know about like his um, his character and stuff. I'm trying to think off the top of my head like what uh, Trevor's inspirations for Sergio were, and I, I imagine part of it is um, Trevor grew up Catholic, and so there's a lot of you know uh, Catholic influences on the church of saran and so i'm and i'm sure trevor was like oh yeah i know how to you know play a priest in this religion and i'll i'll i'll, I'll dig into those life experiences and and kind of make this character based off of that and, and there's some fun stuff with sergio uh and, and the church that as as we continue um sergio is a a thinker a compassionate character um and i i uh, w- it, you know, as we've been discussing characters in the Burning wheel in, in this campaign specifically, and how um the player, you know, the, the, we can tell something about the player by the character that they um that they made in Crow inquisitors. and and we kind of did some analysis on that in previous behind the scenes episodes. and And my thoughts on Sergio is that he is a pretty quintessential Trevor character, if you know Trevor. um but he is a he's a bit more on. He's he's not like the most cliched Trevor character. There have been others that have been pretty um pretty on the nose. I mean, Trevor is a very intellectual person. Uh he's he's really funny and weird, um, but very smart. Uh very, very smart. And he uh, but but he does, I think, like playing characters who are nice people for the most part, right? Um in our Savage Tide campaign, he played Dagoth, um, who was a um a, a lizard folk dragon shaman and he was neutral good and he he played a, a good character who well, he was honestly dagoth was kind of stupid actually uh that character like in intelligence score uh Sergio is definitely not and and a lot of the characters that Trevor plays are um intellectual and scientific in some way or or, or you know to to take it another way they're they're interested in the magical metaphysics of things. And and that's kind of more where, where Sergio lands, right? He, he is not a sciencey character and neither, neither was Dagoth, um, but both of them were magic-y characters, right? Sergio has obviously like social, um, and church stuff that is fun to play with and, and church hierarchy and the, the way all of that works and, and how, um, how that is structured and can be played with church, doctrine, philosophy, all that stuff, That's stuff that Trevor liked to play with, with Sergio, um, Making those philosophy rolls to figure out things, uh, were were, were fun, and just philosophy rolls to like come up with some bullcrap philosophy thing to say to get a bonus on a persuasion test, right? Those are those are fun things that Trevor liked doing with the character, and you'll see that more as the as the campaign progresses. Um, but uh, Sergio has some magic things going on with him, and you'll you'll get a little bit more of a breakdown of that next time. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's fun to see. Um, Sergio is a pretty complex character uh for this campaign um i mean honestly all burning wheel characters are to an extent complex um but i feel like sergio well i don't know maybe maybe sergio is my favorite character in chrome inquisitors it's it's possible uh and it might just be because of season two and the particular things that happen in season two with uh the character but uh sergio is a interesting person. He is compassionate, but he has an edge to him, right? He he spent uh, 20 years in the wilderness thinking about stuff, uh, being having to survive in the wilderness and whatnot. Um, he is very smart and intelligent. He has a lot of knowledge of doctrine and philosophy. He has a lot of idealism and and thoughts about the way the world should work. And things don't always pan out in the world the way Sergio thinks they might or that Sergio wants them to. Uh, and there's, I think, some push and, and shove, uh, some... some Pull and push uh, there with Sergio uh, throughout the campaign of this kind of like idealism. How far is he willing to take his idealism versus a, a pragmatic approach to it? And and honestly, Sergio, he goes back and forth between those two positions, right? He's trying to figure out if he's an idealist or a pragmatist. He he knows that things can be done a certain way and he has the skills to accomplish them a certain way. But sometimes he decides, and most of the time, I mean, especially in season one, he decides, uh, you know what? I think this is the right thing to do despite the skills I have at my disposal to do it easier, right? And so that, that's a lot of what happens with Sergio uh, as we as we play the game. Uh, in terms of Sergio, in contrast to the other characters, right? Sergio is a fun character to to get uh, as a kind of like fatherly or grandfatherly figure to a lot of the characters, right? Obviously, Dellen and Alphonse are his nephews and so there's some fun stuff there. Um, but him being kind of like the guide mentor figure um was a fun addition to the to the game uh you know in in a in a way all of the characters in chrome because just before this point are pretty opposed to each other um you know they're they're being stuck together in this inquisition but they don't really have ties that bind them sergio is the tie that binds but that binds them uh, especially um you know at least in theory right and so it is fun to see how and and why those things start to play out in the game uh, with with Sergio interacting with the characters and trying to trying to push them in a direction that is uh, helpful. Um and sometimes that gets derailed pretty, pretty strongly. Um, and I believe actually that you're you're going to see some of that in in the next episode of Chrome Cruzers in episode six. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, Alphonse and Delano are his nephews. Um he doesn't interact with Cantarius a whole lot in the campaign if I remember correctly, or Antonius. but Theo and him have some interesting moments. Uh, because they're both religious types, but in a very different but complementary way and and there's some fun things that happen um, with their characters later on in the game. I think that's probably all I'm gonna say for now about Sergio. Uh, as I said before, right? Season one is not Sergio's spotlight. um he He is a background character for the rest of the season. He has some fun stuff going on with him., uh, but we really don't get Sergio in his stride um intel season two uh which i am excited excited to get to i mean it won't be for a while because uh, these things take uh, a long time to make and produce but uh we'll get there and when we do sergio will show you all his brilliance this has been crow inquisitors thanks for coming with us on this adventure and looking behind the scenes and under the hood at all of these characters we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of crow inquisitors